Well, the power in this election really rested with women. More than 50% of the eligible voters were women. The national results tally so far with 70% of the votes now in the ANC as the outright leader nationally. Having secured 9.5 million votes, it earns them 53% of the support nationally. The DA has 27%, the EFF just a touch over 7%. Shortly, I'll be doing a walkabout at our venue today, the Gauteng Results Operations Center, where the ANC and the DA in the province haven't secured enough votes to govern without considering a coalition. Will they be looking to the EFF? I'll be chatting to them shortly. The CSIR has confirmed that neither the DA or the ANC will have an outright majority in Gauteng, the economic capital of the country. How will they govern in this part of the world? We'll be chatting about that shortly. 34701 if you'd like to write in at SAFM Midday Live, you'll find me at Darshan Mudley. You've been writing in about the 18 million people who did not show up for voting this week. Why did you not do so? And if you did vote, how do you feel about those who did not vote today? But first, let's go to KwaZulu-Natal, where it's one of the biggest metros in that province. Etikwini has not released any results as yet. Mbuso Mkize is our reporter on the line to us. Mbuso, thanks for your time. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Tarshan, and good afternoon to the listeners of SAFM. So has that situation changed at all? Is Etikwini releasing any results as yet? As far as we know, as, as far as I know, I'm at the, uh, uh, at the base center at the ICC where the results are getting released, but uh, the, Teguini, um, uh, the Teguini municipality results have still not been released. There's no indication as to when the results will be released. Uh, when we asked uh, at the earlier press briefing, when we asked the head of the IECNKZN, Mawutu Mozuri, as to why the, the, uh, the results were not getting released, he mentioned that two voting stations within the within the Teguni metro only finished counting uh, the the ballots this morning. So that's why uh, uh, the, the results are still not released. He mentioned that um, the, the results still have to be the ballots still have to be brought to to to, to the main center where they still have to be captured and 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 and, and actually and and actually audited before they are put on the system. So that's one of the of the reasons that he put forward as to why the the the, the results are still not being released. But at the center, there is um, um, opposition parties and they have uh, parties have raised concerns regarding the non-releasement of the results, saying this might mark the transparency of these elections. So yeah, that's the current situation at the moment regarding the results in the Tigrini Metro. Mm, there's, there's some who are suspecting that there are a number of objections within the Etikwini municipality leading to the IEC delaying the release of those results. Is there anyone who confirms this? Um, we have received, received reports of, of ballots being found in a township just outside of Durban called Lamonville behind the hall, but they're yet to be confirmed whether this is true. Um, 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 but we, still, we are still on the ground trying to find out how true are these allegations that uh, ballot papers have been found. Um, um, opposition parties have actually raised concerns regarding that current situation, and we are trying to find out of whether these allegations of ballot papers have been found in La Monzola are actually true. For, for now, uh, that's the information we've got right now. Mm, the IFP winning the ward of President Jacob Zuma, that of Nkandla. What else have we seen happening in the province? 
uh, well, uh, as I spoke earlier to uh, the national deputy uh, spokesperson for the IFP, uh, uh, Joshua Mazibogo, and what he mentioned is that they are very ecstatic at the way that uh, the, they, were, they were able to, uh, to, to perform in the province, and they are very ecstatic as well to actually uh, win uh, the, the, the award of, of, of Jacob Zuma, because they actually not only won the, the, the municipality but they also won the award. So um, he, he just said that they're very excited and that it's a big opportunity. And he actually thanked the people of the, of, the, of the province for actually giving them the opportunity to actually govern again once again in the province. Busem Kiza, thanks for joining us, our reporter in KwaZulu-Natal. So shortly, I'll be doing a walkabout at our venue today. This is the Gauteng Results Operations Center, where we're learning now that the ANC and the DA in this province haven't secured enough votes to govern alone without considering a coalition. Who will they be looking to? Is it the EFF, who have garnered the third highest number of votes in the province? We'll be chatting to them shortly. But first, let's head to the eastern free state, where the Rastafari community living at the Jerusalem village in Kwakwa have boycotted this year's election, vowing to do so until their demands are heeded. They want voting ages to be reduced to 14. They're also demanding that the use of marijuana, which they call a holy herb, be decriminalized. They claim to have been oppressed even after more than two decades of democracy. Tebojo Lechaba brings us more. United in song and dance, the Rasta community say they are often misunderstood. However, the group's leader, Ras Pule Mailani, says they will continue to practice their religion. It's because they think Rastafara, it's, all, it's only about uh, smoking marijuana. You see, they don't know that Rastafara is government. Rastafara, it can also contribute in assisting the society through many things. So it's lack of knowledge. They don't know some of important aspects in Rastafari. Most of these Rastas live in the mountains with no proper sanitation or piped water. They rely on a nearby stream to survive. Raspule Mailani says they have been forced here by circumstances. At this point in time, we are still suffering, you see. We are still suffering under the government of the day. We are still under oppression. You see, like marijuana is not his. People are still jailed now. Our brothers and sisters are still in jail for nothing, for grass, for wheat, for their econ- something that can grow their economy. A view echoed by Ras Lady Muipone Khanzi. We as the Rasta men and Rasta women, we're not free anymore. As the people, we say we're free. Because we know use ganja free. We don't smoke it free. We don't drink it free. We don't do everything free. While we know ganja is our help, we're supposed to use ganja. They add that politics is not for the faint-hearted. We are political, we as Rastafari, and our right is, is being taught to us. So we are Rastas because we are taught what is right to us. Besides that, politics, is dangerous. politics are dangerous. It's a dangerous game, you know. Like, for instance, once you speak out the truth, you know, at the end of the day, there's a gun, you know, shooting. You know, Paw, Malcolm X, Paw, somebody was speaking the truth there, Paw, you know. So it's a dangerous game, you know, to play that game. You must be conscious, you know. So I and I, we are not 
conscious enough to that level that we can participate now. The group of Rastas also demand the voting age be lower to 14 and that all African states use one currency. Deboholetshaba, Kwakwa, Eastern Free State. Good afternoon once again and thank you for joining us here on SAFM Midday Live. I'm currently on the floor of Gauteng's Results Operations Centre. We're based here in Auckland Park at the SABC headquarters. It's really about the size of a football pitch, I guess you could describe it. The players include the representatives of the parties here. They're registered in the province and we'll be chatting to the DA and the EFF's representatives shortly. Everyone's attention is focused directedly uh, at the main screen at the front of this room. Uh, the leaderboard has the available results here in Gauteng, the economic hub of the country, with nearly 46% of the votes in uh, the ANC currently leading with about 43%, the DA around 41%, and the EFF at 9%. And as has been said already, it seems as though the EFF is going to be the kingmaker in the province. Neither the DA or the ANC have enough to lead the province with an outright majority. So I'm currently walking around and looking for some of the party agents to talk to us, and I'm chatting with the DA's party agent. Thank you so much for joining us. Good afternoon. Would you mind introducing yourself? Good afternoon. My name is Kumaramli, the original chairperson of the DA in Johannesburg. How are you feeling this afternoon? I'm feeling excited. I think we have done very well in this campaign. We uh, gave a competitive uh, campaign and people in Johannesburg have spoken, and uh, that's why we're happy looking at the numbers. I mean, in the metros, the three big metros, Tswane, Johannesburg, and Ekuruleni, what are you projecting for the DA? Are you hoping to be able to lead in these, province, in these uh, metros? Yes, I mean, the indications now still confirms that we're actually leading. Uh, I mean, there's still results to come. Uh, we believe that uh, the work we've done uh, do give us a lead, uh, and we are convinced that uh, that is where... I mean, when the results are completed, uh, we will be still maintaining the lead. It's not an outright majority, though. So are you considering coalitions? Not really. I mean, the party leadership will, I mean, we'll look at that. I mean, if that is uh, what the results will end up being. But uh, where we are, we're still convinced that uh, we're still going to maintain the lead because not all votes, I mean, have been counted yet. Uh, so we're still positive that uh, we're still maintaining the lead. But uh, the leadership will then decide if we, I mean, they need to get into coalition. But as you have been saying, uh, we get into these elections to win uh, on our own. Uh, but I mean, as I said, the leadership will decide and say, this is what the DA's vision is all about. So whoever wants to get into it, the leadership will make that pronouncement if there is a need. Uh, but I'm convinced that uh, we're still going to maintain the lead. You must have planned for this scenario, though. Are there any ideas of who you would have a coalition with? Is it the EFF? Currently, if you were able to secure the EFF's support, you wouldn't need anybody else. I, I, I can't. I mean, I can't actually speak on behalf of the party leadership because we have not get to that level where we discuss coalition. Uh, we said uh, let's focus on us winning and getting to communities to gather as many votes as possible. Uh, that is what we're focusing on. Obviously, we have God leadership, which has got a vision. Uh, they have an understanding, I mean, possibly work out a number of scenarios, uh, but that will be dependent on the results. So uh, as I'm, I mean, positive about us uh, leading as we have been maintaining the lead, we have won a number of awards from the ANC. That actually confirms that uh, the DA is actually, I mean, doing well. So that's why I'm saying I'm still positive because they have not won any award which is DA, I mean, was DA-led or the awards which were, I mean, DA won marginally in 2011. We actually increased our percentage now. 
So uh, I have no doubt to actually doubt that uh, the DA is maintaining the lead uh, based on the information we got up to date. I'm sure you've heard from the IEC, 18 million South Africans who were eligible to vote did not cast their ballot in this election. We've been asking on our show, if you did vote, how do you feel about those who didn't vote? And if you were one of those who didn't vote, tell us why. So some of our listeners have been writing in. Here's what they had to say. Uh, they say Brad Jack wrote into saying vote for who. He doesn't seem that any political party deserves his vote. Uh, this came in from iReport saying, seems like there are only three parties in South Africa. Others aren't even being featured. Uh, Wi-Fi Tsebis says, tired of parties taking people and their problems for granted. Poverty is no joke. Homelessness is no joke. Do you feel like the DA that you've lost an opportunity here to capture millions of votes and potentially not need a coalition at all to govern? Not really. I mean, we run a competitive I mean, campaign. Uh, you know, we try to reach as many South Africans as possible using SMSs, using adverts. Uh, we tried innovative measures to reach uh, many voters. So we've done our part. I mean, uh, voters at the end, uh, they need to make a decision whether they go and vote. Uh, it's up to their, I mean, I mean, it's their decision to either go or not. But we as a political party, we've done our best. We'll continue doing that as long as we encourage people to take active citizenry. Uh, that is what we want to see. But at the end, as long as voters have got that choice, and we need to ensure that we encourage as many voters to exercise their right and protect uh, or advance constitutional democracy, because if they participate, you know, they also strengthen our democracy, and that's what we want to see. But we can't force people. I mean, you will be aware the I mean, SMS campaign, Twitter campaign, or social media in general. Yes, we, we know because a number of our listeners so have been complaining about those SMSs. One of our listeners few. told they got 40 SMSs in a day. But I mean, as I'm saying now, I've been getting a lot of SMSs to say thank you. We thought like your messages were too much, but uh, you know, we realized that you were serious and you mean business. That's why we voted for you. So, I mean, at the end, uh, we got positive rewards. That's why many voters i mean went out and vote for the da so that's why the numbers you know that is why we run this campaign for us we're judging this campaign as one of the effective campaigns we ever run and we are proud with what we have done so far and we hope to do more and more going forward come here thank you very much for joining us Kumo from the democratic alliance uh, looking at the leaderboard it hasn't changed very much it's still around the same the anc with uh, just a touch over 44 percent right now the da has a touch over 40 percent and the eff now edging up a little higher they were at nine percent earlier the eff is now at ten percent and i can see smiles from those uh, eff party agents that are here <laughs> ma'am thank you very much for joining us would you mind introducing yourself to the safm audience yes my name is mandy samashiko acting chairperson of the eff in gauteng you must be elated you went from nine percent to ten percent in the last five minutes uh, how does that feel well, I mean, that's essentially what we have now, currently, that we secured in 2014. So we can't entirely be happy about that, primarily because as we check the stats, um, municipality by municipality, all our strongholds are not coming through. Um, the IEC seems to be quite slack in terms of bringing through results, um, because some suburban wards as well have only reported one or two VDs. So this picture is going to change drastically. We've maintained that we will remain in the double-digit growth, and um, obviously our hopes are to land anywhere between the 20 and 30 percentile mark for us to be what you in the media call a kingmaker. <laughs> well, I mean, at, at this point, you're already the kingmaker, aren't you? The DA or the ANC needs to win your support in order to govern with an outright majority in Gauteng. 
Do you plan to lend your allegiance to either of these parties? Well, I'm not sure if it's very useful to, to form an alliance uh, with any of these guys because you'd remember that uh, in Parliament we offered the ANC our 6% in 2014 in order to effect expropriation of land without compensation and they refused. So of what use will it be? We have experience now in the legislature with our 10% opposition and it's rather effective. We're able to go to constituencies and do quite effective work on the basis of the 10% that we have and we think that 10% has translated into the growth that we have now in the province and of course as we said if truly the 50% of the stronghold VDs of our constituencies comes through we see a phenomenal improve, improvement from, from the 10% now. So essentially what, of what good is an alliance going to be for the EFF? Well of, of what good is 20% even if you do secure, secure the 20% of what good is that 20% if you cannot have enough to govern so what do you do with that 20% even if it does show up on the boards later today well of course if somebody if, if the parties agree to our what we call the seven cardinal pillars the land expropriation policy they agree to a nationalization policy and if they agree to some of the critical um, manifesto commitments that we made such as building crashes in every ward where you would know in black wards lots of children go without education at an early age if they agree to some of our radical policy positions if they agree to drop uh, the labor broking um, practice which has damaged a lot of workers um, you know pockets in this province just a short while ago they fired 9,000 community health workers from the entire province if they agreed to drop the tender system gradually and replace it with what we call capacitating the state to produce and deliver services on a qualitative level itself if they agree to that perhaps we could consider a coalition but as I said we will eventually govern we're a government in waiting. That fact remains because we are able to grow organically on our own, on our own merits, on our own steam. So let, let's imagine a situation where the DA were to agree with you. And, you know, the EFF talk about the DA representing white capital, representing the old capital and the unchanged capital in South Africa. If they were to agree with the EFF's position on land, on, on transforming the economy of South Africa, how's that going to look to your voters, though? Are they going to see you as having reneged on the promises? Are they going to perhaps see you as, you know, copping out? Well, you remember that we marched to the stock exchange last year, and the stock exchange is obviously the representative of uh, white monopoly capital, as it were. And we gave the stock exchange and the companies that are affiliated to the stock exchange very clear direction in terms of what EFF economic policy says to them, in terms of ownership by communities and workers, etc. In terms of what we want white, um, and companies to do in order to contribute towards wealth redistribution to remove poverty in this province and I would imagine around the country. So it's, we are not bothered with the, the DA's own neoliberal policies right now. If the DA agree to the things that we said we want, the core seven uh, policy positions of the EFF, land, nationalization, of course, industrialization, because without that you don't have jobs. Scrapping the tender system, scrapping labor broking, and putting a stronger uh, hold, uh, rather stranglehold on corruption. And of course, increasing accountability and increasing the state's capacity to deliver services. If they agree to that, it's not a problem. We are not opposing the DA because they are white primarily. We are opposing the DA because their neoliberal policies have led to growing poverty 
unemployment, underemployment and underskilling of black people. And also they've not done anything about white supremacy as it were, as it is institutionalized in the economy through big business. They're not doing anything about that. They don't seem to be bothered about that. And of course, a lot of racism props up in the DA all the time. And so they need to get a hold of that for themselves in their own party. Eventually, citizens will wake up to this fact and the growth of the DA at some point will be, will be stunted. Our growth is organic and it will continue and it will persist and that's what we're focusing on. Just one final question, if you'll allow me, and I want to take you back to this morning when we had presiding officers arriving here. Around 100 of them were protesting and singing, demanding that the IEC actually take the results from them. They said they'd been waiting long hours. Many of them were up till 2, 3 o'clock in the morning counting votes. They arrived here at the Gauteng Results Operations Center, and they said they were not being communicated with. The IEC had not dealt with their submissions. Those, those presiding officers now, of course, are saying we don't want to participate in any elections going forward. We don't want to be responsible for this. Do you, as the EFF, have any objections to the process that's, that you've seen play out here in Gauteng so far? We've lodged several objections. You would know that there was an issue at the Dorenfantin campus. You know that we lodged an objection in Ward 44 in Ekoreleni because there was a box found in one of the voting stations in Ward 44 with pre-populated ballots with ANC uh, pre-populated votes on them. We objected in Ward 135 in Johannesburg. We objected in another ward, two other wards in Johannesburg on the basis of um, one voter having found, having given ballot papers that were already pre-populated in terms of votes. So there has clearly been irregularities, but in terms of the IEC's own state of readiness, the IEC is not new to elections. Why the IEC feels the need to place their staff and volunteers under pressure to the extent that they can't give them proper working hours and, and, and plan ahead of time in terms of a shift system or some kind of humane system for their employees and their volunteers. I mean, it's a four-day voting process from the beginning of uh, special voting up to counting today. There's no ways that you can bank on abusing the same um, team of volunteers and employees and expect them not to take a break. It's clear abuse and it indicates that the IEC themselves are not ready to clean up their house because, I mean, they've had many issues. They've gone to, they've been taken to court and lost cases. They've been told by the Constitutional Court essentially that this voters' role that we've all voted on now is essentially unlawful. But unfortunately, the Constitutional Court couldn't actually rule on us not voting as citizens. So the IEC's house really needs to be cleaned up and all the objections that we've lodged and and I'm pretty sure other parties have lodged, is a clear indication that there's still rigging taking place or attempts to rig taking place, and they really are not having any um, solid control over it. Um, thank you so much for joining us. So we were spoken to the DA and the EFF. It doesn't appear clear which one of those parties plan to, um, you know, plan to lend their support to each other. Elections 2016. So some residents of Wani and Limpopo are optimistic that now that the protest action has been called off, the situation in their area will return to normal. The area has seen violent protests over its inclusion into the newly formed municipality in the Vembe district. At least 30 schools have been set alight during the protests. Schooling did not take place after more than 50 schools in the trouble-torn area where municipal elections were also boycotted by some residents. Witness Tiva brings us more. The movement of people at the shopping complex of Wuhan that has been shut down for three months started happening early in the morning 
commuters who work in other areas outside Vuani were seen traveling to work while a heavy police contingent continued to patrol the area. Protest leaders who called for the boycott of the municipal elections have committed that schooling will be resumed this morning, but this was not the case in the area. Some teachers and learners went to school, but they found the gates locked. Learners were seen loitering the streets with no school uniform. These ones who were at the shopping complex said they wanted to go back to school. Okay, my school is at the Spakoni in Chino, but we are not attending school. I'm from school now. There is no school, but educators, they are there. The learners, they are not coming at school, and then the principal says you must go, you must go, you will come back tomorrow. At the Rachikwete Secondary School, some parents went to the school to start cleaning the yard. This is one of the schools which survived torching. <laughs> parents who were cleaning there were a bit hostile and did not want the media near them. The Basic Education Department says it's finalizing preparations for schooling to resume at more than 50 schools in Vuane and the surrounding villages. Department spokesperson Elijah Mthangam. We have two meetings, one with primary school teachers and school principals to plan the curriculum because we need to schedule this afresh, seeing that we lost a lot of time. But we also need to make sure that timetables are adjusted accordingly to ensure that our catch-up plan works. We also have another meeting with high school principals as well as their teachers to make sure that we revise the curriculum, make the necessary adjustments with the circuits and district officials to ensure that when we hit the ground running, everything should go smoothly. He says the department assessed the damage at about 30 schools which were set alight by protesters and they will ensure that the needed stationery and furniture are delivered. Uh, we've done a full assessment. We also see that uh, uh, we, we need uh, some um, uh, additional furniture, we need stationery, we, we need all sorts of things. And those things are on their way because we had been working quietly uh, preparing for these things after we conducted an assessment of the needs. So we believe that by Wednesday next week, uh, we should be going 100%. Businesses were also not spared the negative impact of the protest action. They only opened during weekends. This business owner who rents a small shop at the complex says he has suffered a great loss as he had to pay rent and his employees. We are very happy now that our business is operating. We were closed last three months, so we're struggling. So we are so happy that we are back to normal situation here. Yes, we suffered like, every month. We've got expenses around 60,000 rents. So we're giving money from our pocket. So we're suffering a lot. So I hope things goes well now. Meanwhile, five residents arrested on Monday for allegedly inciting violence and intimidation have appeared before the Toyando Magistrates Court. Witness Diva SBC News, Vuani. True on 34701. You're also writing in at SAFM Midday Live and at Darshan Mudley. Otto wrote in saying, I'm glad to be part of those who didn't vote. I don't trust any politician or political party. They deprive us of democracy and only feed themselves. This came in unsigned. It says, speaking to some people who haven't voted, I gathered that people don't have the money for transport to go home after they vote and come to work the next day. Elections should happen on a weekend to make it possible for everyone to be home or a person should be allowed anywhere to vote, not necessarily the area in which you live in. Can you imagine how complicated that would be for the IEC? 34701 at SAFM Midday Live. I'm at Darshan Mudli. Uh, more coming in from September Jonas in the Free State saying no party campaign 
was worth my cross on that ballot paper. And as you heard today, 18 million South Africans who had the right to vote, who were eligible to vote, simply did not do so. If you're one of them, tell us why on 34701. More coming through. Vincent Mokwena in Bushback Ridge in Oakley says, I voted our leaders all across party lines are untrustworthy. They only care about themselves. ANC leaders must reflect on this election result and start to respect the voters. This is unsigned. It says, I did not vote because I'm not a complainer. That's who's voting. If you tell me you cannot help me, I'll thank you and I won't complain. Jack in Alberton says, let's bear in mind that some of the people who are eligible to vote don't do so because of religious reasons. Sadly, some of the people who don't vote are also state employees and some rely on state's benefits. I feel betrayed by some of these politicians held by people who don't vote. But the beauty of our country is tolerance and acceptance of other people's choices. That's Jack in Alberton. Vusi and Dala writing and saying, we can only hope the results delay from the Etikweni is just that and not an attempt by the IEC to play an ace up its sleeve. Vusi, we're still waiting for results from Etikweni. When you, we look at the election results system, Etikweni is completely white. There are no results as yet available. When we spoke to the IEC's Masoto Moepia in KZN, he told us they have released some of the results. They're just not populated on the results system as yet. Beloy MJ in Limpopo says, I voted, though I respect the democratic right to abstain, but I feel they're abdicating their responsibility to make it count. Seller wrote in saying, good afternoon, I didn't vote because of the empty promises made by politicians. Where I stay in Mangaung, the streets are appalling after 20 years. I've completely lost trust in the power of voting. Voters only fill up politicians' stomachs. That's Cello writing in. Uh, and one final one from Cecilia saying, wanted to vote. The three of us had no way to do so. Uh, we had no way to get to Nigel, and that's where we're living. 34701 at SAFM Midday Live. You'll find me at Darshan Mudley. Now, some of you wrote in to say we weren't reporting on the Northwest. We have been doing so, but let's take a special focus there now as our reporter Patrick Dintwa joins us on the line. Patrick, thank you for your time. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Dash, and thanks for having me in your show. Numerous complaints of irregularities in the Tlokwea local municipality. Can you give us an update on what's happened? Yes, indeed, Dash. Uh, there are a number of uh, no complaints uh, some are informal, some which are very formal. Uh, but the majority of those that are formal centers around the irregularities and discrepancies that uh, some of the independence uh, candidates, uh, EFF and the DA, have raised with the IEC in the province. Uh, for example, uh, we, we talked to both the affected parties uh, about these complaints. One of the complaints is that uh, earlier this morning, in what uh, 24, uh, no, what 26, which was highly contested between independent candidates and, 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 and ANC in Ikahe, uh, we found that uh, the voting station closed timelessly and then counting continued up until the early hours of this morning after 7 o'clock. But what happened there is that uh, the presiding officer allegedly, uh, when transporting ballot box to the IEC, local office in Pochestone town. Uh, he got, uh, uh, his car got stuck along the way. So as a result, there were ballot papers there, and independent candidates are saying the car of the presiding officer 
was not even escorted by a branded, branded uh, police vehicle. And, and the car stood there for more than two hours uh, without any attention. When we, they inquired, the presiding officer says uh, yeah, his car uh, ran out of petrol. And, and when uh, the, the police uh, had to come and, you know, with a five-liter uh, uh, petrol to just assist and put it in the car, the car could drive to the IEC offices. When they offload the ballot boxes, it was revealed that those ballot boxes uh, were not even sealed. So as a result, they have complained to the IEC, they have raised objections, and, and they are saying if the IEC does not you know, address their issue correctly, they will then uh, 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 follow the legal route. There's another uh, irregularity again where the independent candidates are saying in what 24, uh, according to the voters' role, uh, expectation, the potential voters, uh, it was 806. But when counting was, was done, the ANC won uh, with 1,563. It means mm. the, the voters, in terms of expectation, they expected 06, but the turnout was over 1,500. So they are raising that thing. And the DA in, in Ward 21, uh, which is a, a highly contested ward between the DA and the ANC, they are raising a, an irregularity where they are saying uh, there is 303 ballots that are not accounted for. So they have also raised that matter with the IEC. So there are a number of complaints indeed uh, regarding the results uh, in Kaufman specifically. Patrick Dingtwe, thank you very much for that comprehensive update in the Northwest. Some SMSs coming through. I report tweets uh, saying, seems like there are only three parties in South Africa. The others aren't even being featured. So let's feature one of the other parties. Uh, COPE joins us, their provincial chair in Gauteng. Tom Mofakeng is in studio with me. Tom, thank you for your time. Good afternoon. Thank you very much. So at, at this moment, on the, you're, you're at the very bottom of the leaderboard in Gauteng. You've registered about a half a percent of the vote. How are you feeling today? Well, uh, we are not doing very well because... Um, um, we didn't contest all the wards in Gauteng. Out of the 528 wards, we contested about 50% of those wards. And uh, the reason to that is that uh, we, we were not ready this time around. Uh, with all the uh, problems that we have been facing, we are starting to build the, the, the party from scratch. And uh, But we believe that uh, we will be having uh, seats in uh, all the important metros. Um, not only that, even uh, the municipalities that are in Houghton. Um, I could see that uh, in, uh, in uh, Midval, we might get uh, a seat there. Um, and, but we are good doing okay. Are you considering any coalitions with any party? At, at this point, neither the ANC or the DA has an outright majority to govern in the province or in any of the, the three metros. Are you considering lending your, your vote? I, I think we will, because... Um, to which um, party? To the opposition. We, we will um, give it to the opposition, because uh, the outcome of the party, if uh, ANC is, doesn't get uh, more than 50%, that is a, a message that is coming from the voters to say we reject uh, the governance that uh, is brought about by the ANC. So we will definitely give it to the opposition. Mm. In the Northern Cape, you, it seems at this point in the Northern Cape you will, you will be getting about seven seats in, in the municipalities there. In the Western Cape you would have earned, at this point it seems like you, you will earn at least one seat. 
There were 18 million South Africans, though, who didn't cast their ballot in this election. Do you feel like that was a last opportunity for parties like COPE, where we talk about in, in local government elections this being a PR top-up? This is an opportunity for smaller parties to get a larger share of the vote, to get a slice of power. With, with such small number of seats, do you feel like it was a missed opportunity? Look, um, let me start by focusing that in Gauteng, where... Um, at about uh, 7 o'clock when the, the results were, when the, the, the voting stations were closing, there were only about uh, um, less than 2 million people that voted out of uh, 6.3. So that shows that, uh, you know, um, there is something that is not being done right, either by um, us as political parties or by IEC, because the voters' role is not being uh, the voters education is not being given priority and i believe that uh, most of our people didn't go to vote because maybe because of the weather because of uh, any other thing or because of uh, uh, their lack of love for both uh, da or or anc and as a result they are not being taught that they can give their vote to somebody else so i think um we, we have to concentrate on it. Tom Mafekeng, thank you very much for joining us from the Congress of the People. He's the provincial chair here in Gauteng. I heard an analyst talking about this earlier on, and she was saying that it seems like young people just want their political parties to work much harder for their vote. Perhaps that's, something, that's a lesson for our smaller parties. Thank you very much to Tom Mafekeng.